Hello, welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom, and this week's guests were the comedians Dana Alexander and David Mills. There was a real mixture of light and shade in this issue, and among the topics we covered were Black Friday, Azim Rafiq, Michael Spicer's take on Boris Johnson's CBI speech, Dion Warwick on Tyler the Creator, the British Comedian of the Year Award, and the Will Smith film King Richard. We hope you enjoy the show. Please follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. All right, okay. I think we're streaming now and we're live, so that's fantastic. It's Sunday night, it's eight o'clock, and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. No easy task, of course, but I won't be alone to do that, thankfully. We've got two fantastic guests tonight, the comedians David Mills and Dana Alexander, and also, of course, my co-host, the equally fantastic comedian, Sajila Kershey. Hello! Yes, it's Sunday, just Hello. after Black Friday, and Thanksgiving last week. Gosh, there's loads going on, isn't there? But I don't think we've got well, any, remember, any of those. Well, remember, I forgot about Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I forgot to say, uh, thank, uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all our American friends out there good on you and there are some i can tell there are some because the people who join us on eventbrite hello eventbrite people uh there are quite often uh viewers from america there so that's great yeah so uh, we we did actually do i know an asian family asian muslim family yesterday we did sort of like a thanksgiving we call it our thanksgiving it's always on the saturday after thanksgiving which is i'm sure david will correct us as an american um is on the on the thursday um and we, it's just an excuse for the family to get together really um and and talk about our bargains from good friday but yeah we had that yesterday so i cooked a massive meal for all of us uh it was it was puri puri chicken because they didn't want roast because we're having roast at christmas and they can only do so many bland meals they said ah, okay that's, that's <laughs> pretty exciting actually i've got no foodie things to report unfortunately um and i wouldn't say that i've been glued to twitter this week but actually the last couple of days if twitter had a weather then that weather would be termed distinctly masky at the moment because obviously now we've got the i want to call it omnicom but it's not i want to call it ofcom but it's omicron which sounds like someone's taking macron's name in vain but just mispronouncing it this is a new variant and obviously we've had the restrictions or the uh restrictions re reimposed i should mm -hmm. say the ones that should have been with us uh already um then it's all gone a bit sort of uh, crazy and then all the mask stuff is going off on twitter and and we're gonna we're gonna actually choose a tweet each, aren't we? Um, yes. So I've chosen mine on masks, and you can uh, you think about yours. I'll just need to let the viewers know, as if they didn't already, that they should absolutely follow us uh, on Twitter at lktzoom because you can engage with us live during the show, which would be fantastic. Comments, questions, suggestions, uh, etc. And also, um, we're now live, hopefully, across Twitch and YouTube and Facebook Live. If you uh, follow us on YouTube or go and watch us on YouTube, that would be fantastic because you can give us a subscribe, which we would dearly love. Uh, and also all our previous shows and clips uh, are on YouTube. So that's that's the admin done. Um, I, I banged on about masks. So let me let me sort of uh, get my little tweet out uh, on that, which is it's from Lottie Earns. Now, uh, Lottie used to. Uh, I'm not sure that Ernst is necessarily her actual surname, but Lottie worked with Martin Lewis, the mummy guy, 
Um, and she tweeted, this is only a couple, uh, well, it's obviously quite recently. Uh, she tweeted, uh, here's what I don't understand about the anti-vax, anti-face mark people. Why would the government get us to take these measures if they didn't work? Uh, keep, they keep seeing it as a control thing, but like, how, how does the government benefit from me wearing a mask in Tesco or getting a jab? What's the evil end game? Uh, should have got more retweets and likes. It's an excellent question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, mm. Maybe someone mm. will tweet it at us <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, we, do, we don't have the answers here uh, at their world. We just we just like to pose the questions. Um, and of course, I'm glad you picked that one because uh, mask has been a big thing. I, um, I know we're going to meet David in a minute, but we performed on Friday at my club. And uh, no, you know, we couldn't. I, I bought the free mask. You think you'd get something for free? They'll take it. But no, it, it seems to be a general thing out there that people don't feel because I think they feel that there is going to be some pressure to go back to some. But um, I'm 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 a pro mask mask person myself, and I have got a masky tweet if if we want to. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, we're that, we're yeah. not we're not very diverse on the mask front. You and I, we're we're definitely no, agreed on no. that. That's for sure. Um, so my mask right. uh, one is basically uh, it's it's from UK is is with EU at UK is with EU and it just says no mask on train, no mask at theatre, no mask at hospital, no mask next to Attenborough. And it's referring to Boris Johnson basically refusing to wear the mask. And all of those things like really upset me. We you know the one that upset me the most is Attenborough. He's a legend. Yeah. How can you nearly yeah. affect, affect our legend, Attenborough? Like, you know, he's done these amazing things. What have you done, Boris? Above? It's you screw up legend, legend, legend next to yes. Bellend. Legend next to Bellend is what, uh, is <laughs> no, what it I love. Yeah. I love Attenborough. But yeah, uh, so it's kind of just saying, and it's true, if you, if you can't lead from the front, then, you know, we've got no hope, really. Uh, but I wonder what, um, you know, what I guess they're going to make of, of what, what, you know, I know they've got lots of fabulous treats themselves. Um, well, Totally, absolutely. Well, we're, we're going to introduce our guests properly now. Um, I'll introduce uh, Dana and you can introduce uh, David. Uh, Dana, of course, is a returning guest. I'm going to rescue uh, Dana from the, uh, the Zoom room in just a moment. Uh, Canadian-born Dana Alexander has a firebrand comedic style drawing on her diverse life experience and Jamaican family. Beginning her comedy career at 18, she soon toured nationally and performed at five comedy galas for Canadian TV. After moving to the UK, her Edinburgh Festival solo show received rave reviews and nominations for the Black Comedy Awards and two Chortle Awards. This led to television appearances, including Russell Howard's Good News, the Edinburgh Comedy Fest live show on BBC Three and the Culture Show on BBC Two. Uh, and so it's fantastic to have uh, Dana with us again. And you're going to introduce David and we'll get them in the Zoom room. Yes. Um, well, uh, David, uh, uh, lovely to see you again, but David is an award-winning comedian uh, known for his sharp and hilarious take on modern culture and politics. Sharp as his suits, I have to say. His uh, signature razor wit has been seen in New York, LA, San Francisco, London, and across Britain. He's open for the comedy icons like uh, Margaret Chow, Scott Capurro, Ed Byrne, and he's also a fantastically talented actor. He's appeared in Florence Foster Jenkins with Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant in uh, uh, Patrick Melrose with Benedict uh, Cumberbatch and uh, Mandy with Diane Morgan. Welcome, David. How are you? I know we only saw each other on Friday. How are you doing today? Hi there, David. You're on, you, you're on mute at the moment. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here I'm we go. unmuted. Ah, you're unmuted. Great. 
Excellent stuff. How how were you when you were muted? Were you still I'm, great? I'm muted now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Not as stuff. good as I am unmuted. I was. Uh, I do remember. I saw when I was reading back that biography earlier, and uh, Patrick Melrose was was mentioned. Mm. I do remember when I was watching Patrick Melrose. I was like, there was this, the the bit that you appeared in. It's like. That's David Mills. It's very exciting. That was me. That was me. Yeah, I was wearing a funny wig and they put a mustache on me. So I could be, you know, easily missed. But uh, yes, the eagle eyes, uh, eagle eyed viewers spotted me. Absolutely. It's so funny. We had a discussion because David uh, Mills, people out there, were played my comedy club, Comedy Cottage on Friday. And there was a discussion afterwards. And and so many people were saying, do you know what? When I watched that, I I was thinking, I know that voice. I know, I know that voice, Uh, uh, especially the comedians. And I certainly did the same thing. And I had to rewind. It was like, what, what is it? They're so familiar. So, oh, it's him. <laughs> and like, so it's, it's like we know you, but we don't know we know you. It's you in, in that film. Well, um, it's, it's, it's funny when you know someone and then you see them in like out of context. You don't expect to see a comic that you know from the circuit in a, you know, in a scene with Hugh Grant. I, listen, I also didn't expect to be there. So I know exactly how you feel. But it's the same with, I know you've, uh, you, you obviously opened for Scott Capura as well. Scott Capura in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. Julian, you, yes. you, did you know that he was in Mrs. Doubtfire? Because I try and find him every time I watch it and then forget oh, to. Him. You know, I don't think I've seen Mrs. Doubtfire. That's so bad. Oh, my God. It? I know, I know. That's so bad. It's a classic. I, it's classic. I know. I did watch The House Bunny last night, which I have seen twice. I, I don't know. I just needed cheering <laughs> up. I just needed cheering up. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Dave. In again, I'm not sure we're going to get a visual on Dana, which is a shame. I might ask her to put a still up of her uh, and then just claim that she's frozen. But while, while, we're, while we're sort of sorting out the, the tech with Dana, ah, um, oh, look at that. As if. Yeah. Magic. Hey, you're looking gorgeous, Dana. Hello. We can <laughs> hear you. Can you see me? Yes, fantastic. Oh, good. I feel, I, I'll let me share this to the the Facebook stream now that I know we've got a functioning screen. Come on. <laughs> oh, goodness. There How are you? Is, Dana. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to get so to whilst, a... Whilst um, Julian's doing that, um, just mentioned uh, Thanksgiving. So you guys both cel- celebrating? No. No? Okay. Well, we know why <laughs> we're not celebrating, uh, Dana. Uh, and David, do you, are you doing... Is that... Is that cause I, I, know we, I did Thanksgiving on Thursday, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering yeah. if that's why you were within another yeah. hour. Other American friend, Karen Novak. Hello, by the way. Thank you for letting David use, <laughs> use your... your uh, yes, yeah, I, I am with Karen. Yeah, we're having a, a long overdue catch-up, so that, that's lovely to see her. Okay, fantastic. So we're back. We're back, and we're hopefully got everybody on board now, and um, and and probably start. Is that right, Julian? Yeah, I think we're 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 Cora. We can begin. <laughs> Who's taking minutes? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so we've we've start. Yeah, we've had a little. Uh, we've had a little uh, chat with David there, and uh, about the, the the lovely acting credits. Um, what's um, what about we always start with the kind of how is IRL going, by which I mean in real life, of course, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and then and then obviously talk a little bit about the online existence of your good selves. Uh, how how is it to be back? I know we've been back in away for a while and now it's kind of I think we'll still be back. I don't think they're ever going to kind of lock down again. But what what's the vibe? Because Dana, I think let, let me start with you, Dana, simply because you are a returning guest and also I think. The last time you were with us, which was with Ian Stone, where were we in the whole lockdown fandango? 
I think we had a couple of months left. Like we were deep in the middle of it, so far as I can remember. I think so. Yeah. So how yeah, is it going? Yeah, for some reason, when I'm sorry, um, it's it's been going pretty good actually. I can't um, I can't complain except for I had my first uh, cancellation since lockdown today. I was supposed to be in Switzerland on Tuesday, but now with this no, new, I don't, was it called Americon or what's it called? <laughs> Yeah, Ofcom. We, we, yeah, we were saying uh, Omicron, I believe. Omicron, yeah. Sounds that's... like it should be sung, which obviously would defeat the object of not spraying it all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so I'm... Yeah, so that's what's happening. That's not me. bad. One cancellation, that's pretty good. Well, I mean, that's the first one. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's a bad time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give it some time. I'm sure some other ones. I guess it might be okay for domestic gigs because, you know, it takes the longest for the UK to pull their finger out, really. So, um, yeah, it's all the it's all the foreign gigs that are going to get pulled, which is, of course, the ones that, you know, I've been waiting to go to and see. Obviously, yeah, that's going to affect you as well, David, right? It is. In fact, I'm going to California in uh, December and January and I have gigs lined up in San Francisco and L.A. So I I don't know where we'll be at that time. You know, maybe things will have advanced in California by then and they'll be shutting things down. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that I can, um, you know, things will still be OK over there. Who knows? Yeah, let's hope it's all safe, because that's one thing that I think I'd like to travel into more sort of warmer climes um and mm. yeah kind of over the lockdown on the island now i want to go to other islands <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and jill jill, jill jill do you want to go on holiday i'm sure you oh uh, yeah go. i mean i thought I'd, I'd totally love to i i noticed that simon evans was sharing some photos of seville recently and i absolutely mm. love seville i would just you know i'm just gonna become a bit boring and just keep going back to seville as soon as i get the chance but don't 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 dangle that prospect in front of me uh Sajila, at this point it just no, seems it's no. now seeming quite remote i don't know so um let's see what we can we can do if, where we can't travel maybe we can like travel via our, our, our guest tweets uh to other places or at least other stories what, yes. what have we got what have we got in the mix who should we start well, with i mean flipping egg what haven't we got in the mix <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good yeah. mix this way guys uh, your team did good team good team I tell you, well, I mean, I could almost do this in order, actually. Uh, let's let's go. Yeah. To, so this is uh, a Dana's choice, one of Dana's choices. A lot of action. Should we um, watch it? I mean, we don't even need the. I'm not sure how much there is wow. sound wise, but so this is. I mean, I don't know really aggressive. Look the origin that. of the footage, but we've seen this uh, kind of thing going on, on in sort of Black Friday on Black Friday. Wow. For a number of years, have we not? Uh, and then the crucial sort of shot here so it's like only 15 seconds is it is when uh it's the guy saying this is so depressing this is a tweet from imposter at imposter edits this is so depressing uh watch the watch the person snatch that box out of the child's hand oh it's um God. it's grim isn't it did, did anyone partake in black friday at all and i don't mean nicking a child a box from a child either but... <laughs> i did online i did i did um try and do like bid for this a child's table and chairs. I don't have a child, but it was only a pound. And I was, I suddenly <laughs> it just got really obsessed with it. And I just really wanted it. And you had to keep like clicking on the link to get the ones that they were releasing. And I didn't make it. And I was just like really disappointed. And I was like, you didn't want that. What are you getting upset about? It was because it was a pound. It was a bargain. Anything, dangle a bargain at me. And I'm, I'm, I'm buying all that stuff. 
but no, I would never get to his birthday. Only time I went like went feral like that was when when I went to get a Teletubby for my son when he was a baby, uh, and I had to get a Lala. And I, I tell you, I would cut those bitches if I had to at, at Woolworths to get a Lala for him. Uh, and I know as parents, like you would do the same, Julian. <laughs> but wow, not, not you know, like this. Not, I, I, I wouldn't hurt memories. a child. Yeah, I've got memories of being in Hamleys, like when I was a kid. It's a really sort of, I would say it dates me, but Hamleys is still with us. But I mean, Danny, you chose this tweet. Is, 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 you've, have you actually, you've never experienced this firsthand, I take it? Oh, God, no. I'm far right. too lazy for all of that. But I just, I, 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 uh, I just find it hilarious when um, people just like, as soon as they're like, "Fuck the children," <laughs> that's when it's just like, "Okay, it's going down." I thought that was so funny how that woman just stole that thing from the kid. I was like, "Lady, you've lost it. This is gonna follow you forever." Uh, that's, Do we that's know what's in the box? Sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was trying to work that out. I it, can't tell what it is. I can't tell what it is. It looks like some kind of... Uh, like no, a can like, or something. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's got to be something... Uh, it, it also looks like a kind of answering machine. It's like maybe this is footage from, you know, just a sale in the 80s or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, what's happy. so depressing about it is it's probably some some rubbish anyway. You know what I mean? It's probably not even of that much value. And, you know, in the U.S., shopping is a contact sport. So this is not this is not super surprising. This is this probably wasn't even, even filmed on Black Friday. You know what I mean? This is a typical Tuesday. Guys, I love that. Shopping is a contact. That should be that should be the ad campaign it should be Black Friday. Shopping is a contact sport. Oh, that, that, that would make that. me go. <laughs> I love it because obviously Gillian and I are really good, uh, really big like Friends fans, and those are friends for everyone. Do you remember the wedding dress when when it was a military operation? And the, uh, the, uh, the place in Brooklyn, and she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe the British shoppers are more, uh, you know, more sort of reserved because that I didn't see that there was a need to sort of like throw yourself on the boxes before. I mean, surely you only do that a lot. I mean, I did that for croissants recently in M and S in Rygate. <laughs> Uh, there was a box of croissants came out. They were the last croissants, and I needed the croissant. And I remember seeing the last one, and I just kind of dived. And and Rygate's too polite to do anything. Hello, Rygate. Uh, and 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 I said, Oh my God, she got the last packet of croissants. Uh, and but then I felt like dirty afterwards. I thought, well, perhaps I shouldn't have been so desperate for them. But um, we're, generally speaking, we are a little bit more reserved, I think. Yeah, I in the US, you're proud of this. <laughs> this is these people are, are thrilled that they got this you know they're going to build careers on this you know what i mean the, the people in this footage this is the the beginning of their their career in the world that should be, it should know, be a tv w. show yes yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting it's, it's kind of like uh, extreme supermarket sweep isn't it essentially yeah <laughs> well wasn't there dana dana do you remember uh, we had when I was growing up, they had that kind of supermarket game show where you had to shop as much as you could in a certain amount of time. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, I the, do recall the, that. We got a lot of American television. It was definitely not a Canadian yes. program, but I am familiar with it. Yeah. Well, we had we had Supermarket Suite with Dale Winton, yeah. and that was basically you had to get everything off the shelves, uh, you know. And I I assumed that had come from an American format. I mean, we've, there's a couple of sort of accompanying tweets with these, uh, which I can actually quickly uh, share with you, which I sort of, I did pick out, hopefully. Uh, Martin Lewis, if he's there. Oh, well, actually, uh, so it's, uh, 
I believe the writer is Queeve <laughs> McDonald. I had to look this up. How do you pronounce Queeve. his first name? And I think it's uh, I think it's Queeve. Uh, he said, feels like Black Friday has become too spiritual and the commercial meaning behind it has been lost. Uh, and then That's on a great. serious note was Martin Lewis. Gosh, we've had double double Martin Lewis today. Uh, my, mantra, my money mantra is uh, at Black Friday, if your skin asks yourself, do I need it? Can I afford it? Have I checked if it's cheaper elsewhere? If you're not skin, ask yourself, will I use it? Is it worth it? Have I checked if it's cheaper elsewhere? If the answer to any of these questions is no, don't buy it. That's, I think Good that advice, should be... Good advice, Martin. Good advice. Good advice. Good but very advice. funny, Queeve. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good a good pick, Dana. Um, uh, thanks for that. I actually wanted to uh, ask what the difference between the Canadian Good Friday and the, and the and, uh, American Good Friday. Who 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 would win on the on the most? You know, rawr. Black Friday. Yeah. Oh, the Americans would win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember we're we're all packing heat as well. So, yeah. You know, we're, what you didn't see is when the when people brought their guns out. That was the next video, you know, that <laughs> they didn't show. That's when it really, you know, gets to the the sort of final round, as it as it were. So, David, yeah. I've moved on to one of your uh, selections here from the Daily Clinch at yes. Art of the Clinch. Yes. Um, Shall I explain it? Yeah, totally. If you read it and then explain it, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Fate brought them together. Desire swept them away. Fortune's Lady by Robin Leanne White. Wait. Onyx, uh, 1990. Illustrated, signed, Greg Goldbronson. And if you scroll down, you can see the cover. And basically, this is a, 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 an account on Twitter that every day tweets another cover in this genre of romance novels that are mostly from the 80s and the 90s that we had in the US. I'm not sure if you had them here in the UK, but they were these these insane covers all like this, all this outrageous kind of romance, the most kind of- What's that? With Fabio on it. Yes, most of them were Fabio, exactly. And there was a, a publisher called Harlequin and they were called Harlequin Romances. And, and they were they would line the, the at the at the supermarket. You would be checking out your groceries and there would be all these romance novels that you could choose from. And they've gone through all the charity shops and found all a bunch of them. And then every day they tweet another one. And they're so ridiculous that it's a real treat every morning to look at my tweet, uh, Twitter um feed and see another one that is you know completely ridiculous and outrageous um they're amazing just a, just a very quick update from superfan martin who's watching tonight apparently those black friday items were vegetable steamers i mean oh, wow. come on. okay Maybe. well then it makes sense it makes well, sense i mean about the, the price though it's about the price how much were they americans oh, yeah. were like, like in a hurry for their five a day all of a sudden all know. of a sudden, there, there wasn't even a price on them, so it's like you know, normally they have the big sort of sticker. There was no sticker, right. so it was just like it was back five. We'll just go for it, we'll just go for it to not it even know the price. On the, it was probably on the bin, they know the price, yeah. They probably oh, came prepared, like well, that is what we're coming mm. in for. Um, but going back to your your tweets, uh, you're just asked if we had something similar, yes, we did. We had Mills and Boons. Um, oh. and, and I, I consumed it like crack cocaine. Honestly, I was so addicted to it when I was 
growing up and I learned all about relationships and sex <laughs> from these books because I wasn't allowed to have sexual education and uh, you know at school because my mum wouldn't you know she thought I'd be corrupted but and 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 it's all about heaving bosoms and rippling yes. muscles and you know and she's always saying no 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 and then eventually you know she gives in and and, and it's yeah. always you know brutal man but you know she falls for it and so it's a really warped sense of relationships that I got from from these meals and booze but they did have um you know I mean look at this one it's just I mean, it's, it's just so camp, right? Yeah, and yeah. And of course, they're called they're called bodice rippers, aren't they? Bodice, bodice rippers. That's right. Bodice yeah. rippers. That, yeah, to show the, the heaving bosoms and and to and the show the muscles. heaving bosoms exactly. <laughs> and apparently, you know, the man comes and the woman, you know, submits and he rips open the bodice, you know, and she loves it. And it's, I mean, it's outrageous. I know it's such so. a bad message. Probably well, because it was so it. uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, now I can breathe. <laughs> yes and then he falls on top of you like oh fuck get off me it's, it's got a vibe of the gone with the wind about it as well you know with scarlet o'hara like mm-hmm. red red i hate you red i hate you and then she's like oh you know and then she starts kissing him like i said exactly. bad, bad messages to give right you know not 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 a good thing to go out with not healthy not healthy not healthy what? but i love this retrospect uh like so th- th- this guy uh, so who the tweet we just scroll down a bit um uh, Julian, who they, they, so daily clinch they, they they do this every day there's a different every day a different cover a and a different yeah a, a different little tagline whatever it says on the cover <gasps> i so love it, this it's, it's hilarious now unconsciously you two have performed the slight kind of double act tonight in the sense that david's tweets are all really quite kind of silly and fun and dana's are all pretty serious actually so uh, i think we're just going to have to do combo silly and serious uh let's let's actually take the one that you did this is very interesting uh one here um dana if you just want to read that one out and then we'll go into it let me get to that page oh yes um Remember that police woman who walked into the wrong apartment and murdered a man? That was the, the press was eager to tell you that he had weed in his house as if that excused his death. That's what ha- what, what's happening here. So I'm sure you guys heard the story about the cricketer. So now that he's complained about racism, they're trying to find everything bad that he's mm. ever done, ever, every parking ticket, every, do you know what I mean? It's if that's going to x out what happened to him do you know what i mean and i just it's just such a blatant tactic but it was um it's it's always the defense that gets me more than anything it's just that inability to like hear the guy out right Mm. they did a similar thing to Meghan markle i would say okay i'm gonna have to sort of beat devil's advocate here because it's a newspaper and they they found a story and they want to run with the story and the yorkshire post have run obviously because it was Yorkshire County Cricket Club where this happened they've run, they've covered this issue oh. very closely uh, and they've covered um, Azim's uh, testimony in the House of Commons uh, very closely and I think if you read that report it, it's still quite neutral but it's very uh, it's the spirit of the event that happened which is a very convincing testimony and so on and so forth so I think their coverage to this of this issue has been pretty close on all of the chapters of what's happened and you know sure if if a journalist gets a story whether it was the uh the tweets uh, the sort of the anti-semitism issue which he obviously responded to very quickly or, or whether it's these tweets where the woman who's received them has actually been quoted in the in the piece as well it's it's still a story 
I mean, how's it, I don't know how you get. I mean, I, I understand where where what you can see the machinations behind really, this. It, seems, but... I just think that it's a bit um, inappropriate. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's focus on the issue. If these were issues that he had before and behaviors that were problems before, then I'm, I just find it very interesting that, OK, yeah, there's a story, but there's a story with anyone. It's almost to say that it sets a precedent of, oh, OK, well, I can't complain about something unless my record's completely clean. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think it was kind of used to undermine, you know. But I mean, who, ha who hasn't had their tweets? Who in the public eye or in the, the eye of a story hasn't had their tweets and their past misdemeanors scrolled through and reported? I mean, that's the, that's the symptomatic of the age that we live in. And obviously, if that happens, you can then apply any agenda, you know, you like to, to that. I mean, I, I think there's a lot in what you're saying, but it has happened to a wide range of people. Some, some people are kind of above that. I think like in the instance, I guess it's different, but of death and things like that. For example, when, you know, Prince Philip had passed away, people weren't sitting there going on and on and on about the countless horrible, you know, racist things. That you mean people in the media? Right? They were on Twitter. <laughs> they well, were okay, on Twitter. Maybe they were on Twitter, but I'm just saying, I was just sitting there thinking everyone's going on about him. I'm like, as if he's like this amazing guy. And I'm like, well, when he was alive, he had some pretty interesting things to say. I guess we're just going to leave that part out now. But I, I think that's a fair point from a media point of view. Sorry, Sajula, go on. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, I know it came up in um, one of our shows previously, where um you know it was asked like how far do you go back into your twitter social media history to kind of you know throw mud at you now like well you you said this then and that you have to be accountable for anything that you might have said obviously in this case he sent text messages and stuff and yeah that, that that you know if it's inappropriate that should be dealt with but i think i also get dana's point which is that it it is and it does seem to be that it because he is you know, accusing uh, a cricket club of racism, uh, and he's, you know, uh, basically an Asian guy that uh, suddenly it's like, let's find what we can find on him, any dirt, and that someone's put that out there, like, let's go and see, you know, rather than t deal with the separate issues, which, which I'm, I think that's what you're trying to but say, Dana, it's like, it's mm -hmm. like, that is a separate thing, racism, that isn't stopped, whatever he's done in the past has not stopped the cricket club from being accountable for the racism that they had in you know inherently rooted into their organization so that's and other people have come forward as well you know without that so it's not whatever he's done that's wrongdoing it is a separate thing to what he was saying and other people have also come forward and it's, they weren't tweets they were they were uh, they were the text text messages that's text. right yeah 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 they were which again people's whatsapp messages have been mine through i mean it's interesting to find out I want, I want to come to david in a minute about what he thinks about mining uh, social media but it's interesting that you know where's the agenda here so is it the cricket club that are briefing a journalist and saying well by the way whatever is it coming from that it's quite possible that uh, that I, I mean that's not something an allegation i will make <laughs> legally but it is it's possible that a source has gone to the paper and that's usually how stories work or is it the paper that necessarily have have done have sort of gone out to look for this but either whoever it's come from, I think most people, certainly after that testimony, will see that, yes, two stories can coexist side by side. And you can absolutely make a judgment uh, about that the racism has happened. I mean, if there are people that are going to be swayed, I mean, there, may, there will be, I, I understand what you're saying. There may be people who are swayed by, oh, 
you, you might have sent dodgy, dodgy tweets, dodgy texts, but the big picture is still there. It was still a main, it was still a big story. But there has been lots like on Twitter of accusations of he must be lying. If he, you know, if, if the, look, he's, look at, he's, he's such a hypocrite. He's this, he's that, he's lying. He's, he's a scumbag. So therefore the, it, it kind of takes away he's from me. the racism. And, and, yeah. and that, you know, we see that happening over and over actually in, in, in many other cases. Yeah, but, I want to bring in David because yeah, David's yeah, been quiet on this. Yeah. And, I, and I just wondered what, what your take on, the, on this was. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's also um, sadly depressing, uh, depressingly um, uh, not surprising. You know what I mean? This this anytime these kinds of accusations are made, the person making the accusation is undermined. And uh, it's it happens if it's racism. It happens with me, too. It me happens too, with with so many things and how are we to make progress in this world if you know there's this equivalency between everything and no one is allowed to call anything out because if they do their whole lives are combed through for every minor infraction that you know they've ever made then undermines or distracts from the the justified claims they were making i I have a question really really quickly julia do you do you think it's appropriate for the victim of a murder from someone who's got broken into his house falsely do you think it's appropriate to comment on whether or not he was a weed user well i mean it's it's i don't know there's no it's it's a it's a press guideline i don't know if that's i mean i didn't see that story well i do remember that story but i haven't seen the coverage of it but i'm sure it you know obviously exists I mean, obviously, when you come to sort of this, the 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 deceased, it's it, it, it takes it into a slightly different area morally. Um, and you know, is it something that has an impact on a legal case? Is it something that could meddle with a, the outcome of a legal case? So there all seem to be a lot of ramifications there. I certainly don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable mining anyone's um, previous. Sort of well, tweets are public, but certainly like the text messages, and, and actually that applies that applies to MPs as well. I don't see why I don't see you know I know WhatsApp groups are sort of dangerous, and there's probably always somebody leaking uh, from a WhatsApp group. But you know I, there are stories that seem to have been garnered by in other means of infiltrating WhatsApp groups, and I, I'm not you know it's not something I'm in favour of. I'm just saying that unfortunately when the information is made available. I don't know many news outlets that wouldn't that wouldn't run it if that subject's already in in the public eye. I'm not saying that's that's right. I'm just saying that that seems to be a reality that that we live with. I mean that that and then then making a decision not to run that I'm story just... <laughs> has to be based on quite a lot of factors. I mean the false equivalency that that Dave's talking about is important, but yeah. I, I literally am reeling through my like all the WhatsApp conversations I've had, my different WhatsApp groups, and thinking, oh my God, uh, I need to delete all of them. Because what you say in a WhatsApp group, it is private mm. between that little group. You know, you're mm. having, uh, you know, the equivalent of car journeys with comedians, or uh, you would you want you know, that should there not be some privacy that you know we are allowed? Um, and it's interesting you said about like MPs who feel the same way. Because part of me wants to sort of say, well, no, because they they are like you no, know, they're they're they they uphold the law, and but the other side thinks, well, no, I don't. I want to keep my 
you know, some things of my life private. Um, it has become like everything we, we do is, is paid out on, you know, to the world, literally every everything. And it's not you don't have to be a celeb to be in that position. Um, but let's have something. Can, yeah, just, bit... can I just quickly before we move sure. off, because we have spent, I knew this one was very interesting and I wanted to get onto it and we will move on to the next one ASCP. But of course, the crucial thing that uh, should be mentioned, and I did re refer to it vaguely at the start, is that the lady who received these text messages is quoted in the piece. So it suggests that she may well have been the one to bring this mm. story to them. And again, don't know many, there are, there are papers that might decline it because it's not in their sort of tabloid interest zone, but if it's a very large. Uh, regional paper that sort of straddles readers who are both broadsheet and tabloid readers then uh, I can't say I'm hugely surprised that it's run but a, you know a good conversation because it was a really important testimony and um, you know that that's the, the key message from uh, from this is what he had to say about his treatment um, now let, I feel that maybe we'll have a sandwich should we have a two serious ones and then go back to uh uh, something else uh, what, what should we do well I don't, obviously it can't go without Jeremy Vine because there's a I huge that's a huge Jeremy Vine fan Jeremy Vine bingo uh, I, I watch the show every day I watch the edition that uh, that Dana's picked out here Dana do you just want to read this one out again and, and we'll go through it again oh at that moment well, there you go you disappeared momentarily. Yeah, sorry. That that, that was me. Uh, I'm done with politicians like Boris and Pretty Patel coming out with thoughts and sympathies for families of those who died. Uh, Shola Moss is fed up with the government's problematic stance on people people attempting to cross the channel. Yeah, I mean, huge, a huge issue, this one. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, this was a really enjoyable uh, show. She was on with Ian Dale, who's been on this show before. Um, and uh, they had a very good, uh, they actually had a very good debate between the two of them. Um, um, yeah, Shola, I know very well, and she's been on a few shows last week um, uh, talking about this issue. Uh, now you pick this, and I know obviously from private talks that you're, you know, refugees, and it, it's a it's a huge thing. So it, what what made you pick this? Is it because of the hypocrisy that you feel that's going on? Dana. Well, wasn't it wasn't it pretty that was looking for all of these deterrents like a wave machine, mm -hmm. for example, which which would exactly, you know, go against these sympathies or making things safe. I think when you look at what's been happening with all of the legislation, they're pretty much making it illegal for a person to be a refugee, and you can't really do that. And I think, yeah, more. Um, besides this particular tweet, I was reading another article, you know, of all of this displaced people in the, on the, in the world, the UK has 1% of them. They have the 17th most um, refugees in Europe, and they have about half of the average per capita for refugees when it comes um, to, to Europe. So I find this all kind of uh, very hypocritical. And of course, you know, I'm I've dated a couple of refugees and when you look at the system and what they have to do to kind of like prove that they've been persecuted of course we did my podcast with um what was her name again that lovely lady Tua yes 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 the, the yeah lady, and yeah. you know she was she was a lesbian from Cambodia and she basically had to show up with half of the the, <laughs> the lesbian you know community at in court just to 
you know, for her claim to be taken seriously. In another case, I remember, you know, I actually know someone who was, you know, tortured at quite a young age. And uh, when they when they actually did get to the courts, um, they were they they were just basically like, "Give me a break. This is this <laughs> this person has every right to be here." So there's this stalling thing that kind of deters people from doing anything when they're when their claims are in fact legitimate. And, and I don't think that the UK is like, there's this idea that, oh, why, why are they always coming in? Coming in? And it's like, actually, Turkey has the majority of them. We don't really hear that as much in the conversation, which I find, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, obviously we can't not make, you know, talk about the, um, the death, you know, the, the, you know, tragic. And that kind of really... It's 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 if you're that desperate, you know, and I mean, and I know it's almost become a cliche, and people don't really connect to that anymore. That oh, you know, they're desperate, they would wouldn't take that journey. But clearly, and and, and a lot of it, I think, I don't know what you feel about the, the the problems of why they become refugees. It's we are part of that problem, you know. In Afghanistan, obviously, we've got a lot of people wanting to leave because of the Taliban, and who left the Taliban in charge? You know, after how many years and a war that didn't go anywhere, so apart from killing like loads more people. We created, so our foreign policies have many times um, created situations which creates the refugee, um, you know, crisis. The, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, David, have you, have you, have you um, got any thoughts on this? Obviously, we're, we're talking like two people who've made this their home, so are outsiders. Um, and and how, do, how do you feel about this, that, you know, in the UK? Well, I think one thing that, uh, I, you know, we just had COP20. Six, And so we had the world coming together to deal with the or to try and come up with a global solutions for a global problem of climate change. And I think really we need a similar coming together to deal with the refugee issue, because this is a global problem. There are refugee, you know, movements around the world that are are complicated and difficult for all countries to deal with. And there should be a standard. There should be a, a code of conduct of practice so that so that we can as a as a as a global community try and resolve this issue in a in a, a humane way or at least try and make it less lethal if nothing else you know I think one of the big issues that's going to come when Donald Trump once again becomes president of the U.S. If you think you've got a bad refugee problem now, just wait until you get a bunch of American refugees washing up on the shores, because we are going to be very demanding. I think about that as well. That's funny you say that. You know, <laughs> we're going to want a, 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 a double, you know, latte, you know, with oat milk, you know, on, on the beach. You know, and oh, yeah. if that's not there, we're be, you know, at least you have vegetable steamers. Exactly. Though, so, yeah. <laughs> American refugees are going to put the rest of you to shame. It's not going to be pretty, believe me. You mentioned that you thought that there should be like a COP version for refugees, but there is. I, I was booked to do a gig for the UN back in 20, end of 2018 for the Global Compact signing in Marrakesh. And all, the, you know, for the few days, was it was just talking about discussing refugees. And uh, it was interesting. I I was the only migrant effectively booked to talk about. So I'm the only migrant voice, and yet I was heavily censored in what I could and could not say. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. This is like there's a hypocrisy around here. Like I can't even. I'm a privileged migrant, but I can't mm -hmm. seem to be able to. You know that they went through my story of what I obviously both done immigrant diaries, 
you know, of, of my journey, just to see that it wasn't going to be anything too, you know, dodgy. And, um, and I, I, I accidentally kind of like slated the German ambassador because he says some very off key things about uh, migrants. Um, and, and everybody lost in translation. All I said was that was awkward. And they heard, oh, he's an asshole. I don't know how you get the two mixed up. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was shown to twenty. Tell, tell me you weren't thinking that though. I mean, the I know, I know. But, and I think everyone's some kind of AI mind reading. Seventy-two countries live streamed. I had no idea, and they were just really angry. And I said, I never. I said I wouldn't swear, and I didn't swear. I said, oh, the German ambassador. That's awkward. And the the you know the people with the headsets translating seventy-two countries like suddenly get he's an asshole and they're just like oh my god but yeah i mean wow. it's, it's, it's it's not that's a bad translation it's it, you know the people yeah it's a bad translation um but um i should put it in the show somewhere shouldn't i no it, totally. is, it is it isn't there isn't enough being done even then you know i thought okay maybe we're gonna get forward because they like the country signed this global compact to make sure that you know conditions were humane there was safe travel and no country is really kind of living up no. to, to that. And that is the issue. And so when you have got people dying, one person dying is one person too many. And I agreed with Shola in another show that she did. She said, um, it's the language that we use to describe these you know, migrants. It's, it's refugee has become a dirty word. It's a dirty yeah. word, you know, and it's it's all. And, and I don't think that, you know, that they're, they're understanding that. And I know I've said this before in the past and, you know, my show that you the language that we use that we try and like put that wall between us and them and that they are these people the others they are very different to us and they're not they're exactly the same as us they're the same lives same issues of work a lot with refugee you know women and they're they're qualified they're educated they're not i don't know what people have got in their head that they're yeah. coming over scrounging to live in a hotel where they're going to be abused you know not get any food and not have their families around them that isn't something that you willingly want to do i think one of the things as well is that it serves Boris Johnson and the conservatives to have this issue that and not resolve it because they can constantly point to it mm. and say labor would open the doors and allow all these people through. And as long as this is festering away, they can stoke their base uh, and their passions against the outsiders and it keeps them in power. Do you know what mm. I mean? So they're not really even trying to resolve it properly. It's it seems to me. Great point. Great point there. Um, so uh, we, we, we agreed we're going to do series and we've got something fun and flirty. What have we got next? <laughs> David, I'm just going to uh, Oh, I think might say the comedy. Uh, well, actually, you've done Boris. So let's do... Uh, oh, oh actually, hang yes. on. Just, yeah, I mean, that's How can we not mention that one? Oh, I'm torn here. I'm torn. No, let's, let's, do, uh, let's do Michael Spicer um, video. <clears> oh, which... uh, uh, yeah. Address uh, the cost. The room next door. I may not do the whole thing, but... We'll get, we'll get the gist. That's why we are going to... Uh, address the cost of our uh, nuclear power. Address the, the cost of our, of, our, uh, of our nuclear power. Why are you suddenly looking at the speech like it's been written in hieroglyphics with a sausage? Uh, for, the, for, the, for the... Can you just put the papers down? You look like a baby trying to read a mortgage application. Just move on to uh, Crossrail. And... Uh, we are doing the beaching reversals. Um, uh, putting in lines that were taken out in the last century. Putting in lines that uh, were, were taken out, sadly, in the... Uh, in the last century. Uh, in the 19... 
In the last century. Uh, in the, in, in, uh, earlier this century. No, the last century. Uh, in the last century. You remember the last century, don't you, Prime Minister? It was around about the time that this speech began. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong? Where, where are you? Don't just stand there like a busted football mascot filled with old straw. Say something. Uh, no, I was thinking more in the area of actual words. Forgive me. Okay, that's a start. Now say something else. Forgive me. No, that's not something else. Forgive me. No, that's still not something else. That, that's the opposite of something else. Uh, I've got it, I've got it. Page 14. People have confidence to stay nearer in the place where they grew up. People will have the confidence to stay nearer. And you need people to staff your businesses. Uh, the people uh, that... Uh, you all need to, uh, to, uh, to, to... Staff your businesses! To, to staff your businesses. Try to focus, you clueless bundle of horsehair. Your speech is just degenerating into a series of burps and burbles. You sound like a retired bishop drowning in a barrel of wine. Yesterday I went, uh, as, as we all must... Don't, don't bring this uh, up, please. Um, no one will laugh. No one ever laughs. To, to Peppa Pig World. Oh, for hands up anyone who's been to Pepper Big World? Obviously, no one. Not enough. <laughs> oh my God, this is so awkward. I can't unbend my arms. Pepper Big World is is very much my kind of place. Why are they selling off the NHS there too? <laughs> I, let, I had to let that run because I just wanted to see that Boris speech again. Uh, oh, just lovely. I mean, the original was pretty funny, David. Can but but uh, you know. <laughs> Well, I, I have to say, I, I'm a huge fan of Michael Spicer, and I, I'm really thrilled with how he's really taken off. And it seemed to me that he really took off during the lockdown and pandemic, and he really made that work for him. And this is such a simple idea, but he does it so well and so effectively. And um, yeah, I, I've just really enjoyed all his... All his uh, you know, tweets and, and, and little films, but I've also enjoyed watching his career skyrocket from this. So it's, it's always a pleasure when he's got, he's always got something to say about the moment. And, and um, so it's great to watch. Just for our podcast listeners, uh, and then I want to go to Dana because she's still wearing the shocked face as if that's the first time you've seen Boris's speech. Uh, it's Michael Spicer, obviously, uh, the room next door, Boris Johnson at the CBI, if you want to find, find that tweet. But uh yeah, Dana, you you have seen you'd seen the speech, I, I take it. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen many, several, many, but it just you know, especially with the the new lockdown coming, I'm just like, man, when are don't you guys feel insecure? Like, I can go back to Canada. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got... <laughs> that's so awful. This is the leader at the helm. Oh my God, what an what an international embarrassment. Yes. Oh, and that it doesn't was really painful. matter. You know, it doesn't matter how much dirt you. He's a, he's another Trump. It just doesn't matter how much dirt you sling him. How many sleaze stories come out? It, it, the guy gets you know just he's he he's unscathed. By he's he's not marked. It's just like everybody still thinks he's doing okay. Not everybody, but you know, uh, the, the, a certain amount of the population. Is Enough people crazy. to have returned him. Uh, with a thumping majority in the last election. I mean, maybe not so next time. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it, I don't know whether how many parallels you, we can make, a lot of parallels between Boris and Trump, but in terms of their fortunes, in terms of it all going belly up, whereas the, the, for Trump, it was, co it was, it was COVID and the kind of 
sort of theatrics around that. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, perhaps Boris is skating on on thinner thinner ice. Uh, but I mean, if he does, uh, well, Dana, I can't uh, let you go without explaining. Um, you said the next lockdown. Can, can I just check that? You, is that your prediction? <laughs> Well, I mean, they've are. I mean, it it start. It always starts like this, right? They start shutting down. I mean, how many? How many? Amoricon? What is the new? How many variants have they found here? I think it's two so far. We've had the Kent variant already... and Delta, and oh, you mean the cases are the three cases one. now. There's three, three cases, cases now, and it's already like okay. Now it stopped me working on Tuesday, and it just keeps. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I just don't think that. I mean, the way that variants work is that they're they're going to get better at at outsmarting these vaccines, you know, and it's the variants always been inevitable. And I really, I don't know. I feel like it's the only way that we're kind of going to get ahead of this is a lockdown because I don't know if you've been on the train. Nobody's masking. A few you know fewer I mean? people like, are masking now. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't bad. There, a few weeks ago, it wasn't bad. Uh, I do this journey on Saturday, which takes me on the tube and then it takes me on the overground train and then back on the tube. And actually, tube carriages were often better than the overground train. But the overground train is interesting because it ends up in Wales. I don't go as far as that. And on the train, they say, oh, it's rec the mask is recommended to this leg of the journey. And then when you get to Wales, it's mandatory. And that is just the ridiculousness of the, the lack of policy that we've had but getting back to, to Boris I don't think he if, if Boris cancels Christmas again uh and I you know I'm not saying that would be the right or the wrong thing to do I, don't, I just don't think he would do it because I just think that would be the end of him actually quite honestly I can see it doesn't have to be Christmas I mean like I said I don't I think if everyone's locking down at Christmas we'll do it in February you know okay yeah I mean I think I I, I don't think that he's going to Locked down again because I don't think he can do it politically. But I think come January after Christmas, people, you know, when the weather is shit, when it's dark out, people are going to want to stay home anyway. And a lot of people will choose to or demand to work from home because, you know, they because it's the new variant is raging and it's cold and gray out and dark. And I just think it's going to shut down regardless, not not fully shut down, but it's going to slow right on down in January anyway after Christmas. I don't believe Boris has the political balls to shut it down again. And I don't think that if he were up for election, I think he would be reelected. But I think he has to watch out for people within his party who might just get ultimately so embarrassed by him that they there's an internal coup within the conservative party and they get him out because he because as you say dana he's a laughing stock hmm. well, it's interesting you say that because um prime minister's question time earlier on this kind of exposed as a little bit of um you know uh loss of faith in his own party um but also the fact that you mentioned about people not wanting to go out and of course now we've left the genie out of the box about working from home you know we're able to do this let's face it on zoom mm. Um, I also think it's not going to, the lockdown's not necessarily going to happen for all the reasons you said, but we had the strike, a train strike earlier on this week, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And people didn't really notice because they just stayed at home and worked from home. So exactly. it's changed the whole culture um, of how people, I don't actually mind lockdown. I must be the only one that actually really quite liked it. 
um, you know, quite like not having to worry about kind of achieving anything really. Uh, do you, you think know. there might be a? Do you think there might be a mad rush of people are like, okay, we're afraid all the countries are going to start shutting down, especially around Christmas, and just try to get to their destinations before they can't. There's that mm. sometimes mm. as that well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. I'm pretty much in a self-imposed lockdown through most of the winter anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's basically hibernation. But um, so let's. Uh, let's go to I know obviously time is marching on we did start a little late Ooh, the so, total one I'd love to know uh, oh well let's definitely do that but actually Dana chose this uh, rather fascinating well like a fun tweet from uh, Dion Warwick um, and I was just like what's uh, it's just, just I fun, love that isn't it so I just love I just love Dion Warwick's tweet she's just funny do you know what I mean like I think a lot of people have really gotten a kick out of following Dion Warwick but I just it's just people do get a little bit ridiculous sometimes when it comes to the fashion and it, it is a very good question a winter jacket and uh I guess you so can call them and it's a picture of Tyler the creator in a winter jacket and in shorts uh now I don't know 8.8 .8 million followers to Tyler the creator I presume he there's there's a fashion uh is that he's a fashion designer I would know. No, would he's a that. he's a pop star. Is he? All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> is he brilliant? Oh, yeah, okay. he's great. Uh, we, but, we are down with the kids here on this. Yeah, show. <laughs> no, sorry, it's just all gone. Picked on, I didn't know he it? was. But uh, and Dion Warwick's asking, "Are you hot or cold, dear?" Which has got that lovely, slightly patronising edge, which I like. Um, um, but yeah, it's great. Mind you, I, I personally, I, I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. I think he's hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in, in specifically in the uh, puffer jacket and shorts. <laughs> he's he's hot in most things. And look at the look at the white snow behind him as well, as if to sort of almost highlight that. Look, I I am wearing this in a, in a, in the weirdest weather. I'm, I'm I'm too hot for winter. I'm too hot for winter. And I, <laughs> he is. And, I, and I'm yeah. too cool for summer. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna yeah i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna look him up now um that is fun it's a great shot it's actually quite a cool i mean i don't i actually think that there is a kind of literally a cutoff point for shorts and you know it's around somewhere between 12 and 14 degrees but i think he's pushing it there uh, but i think the length is ideal he's got the length absolutely right he's got the legs He's got the length right, right, okay. Yeah, he's got the length Ooh, right. Uh, yeah, actually, let's do, um, right, so let's do, David, your tweet from Chortle is on the British Comedian of the Year 2021, a review of the final of the most lucrative competition in comedy. And that's, I believe, because the winner gets £10,001, which is one that's pound right. more than the Edinburgh Comedy Awards. Yes, that's right. And it was won by Jeff Innocent. And... Anyone who knows comedy knows that Jeff Innocent is a comic who's been plugging away for over 20 years on the British circuit. He's an absolute surefire, raise the roof, always slams it, always smashes it, headliner, does big gigs, does small gigs, works and works and works, is a real grafter, and just a really stand-up guy as well. So it's nice to see good people winning instead of people who've been in the, the, on the circuit for two years and just happen to be flavor of the month. And he's got no TV profile at all. Will this so change there's it? Hope, there's hope for us all. 
we've had this issue covered before about like you know uh the, the ones that kind of have worked for it i suppose uh for years and years and years and then how you're sort of rooting for them and perhaps those who find fame sort of a little bit sooner uh, and i'm just wondering if like the com like it, it should be redefined that you are a comedian for tv or you know where that is where the ultimate goal of your career is because uh, a circuit cl club comedian is a very different um thing do you, do you mm. guys think that um because obviously i'm not i i don't deny anybody who's managed to make it really quickly we've had a really like the last year even uh, of, of newer acts like breaking through very quickly um but i i think they all kind of deserve it because they have been working really hard they've been really getting out there especially during lockdown um it's just is, 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 you know should there be a, a like a new genre if you like of you are young and you'll get on tv in a couple of years time to hey these guys have been working on the circuit and to hold an, the attention of an audience for a you know for 20 minutes and making them laugh for 20 minutes solidly is it is a skill that takes years well a lot of those people who are working on the circuits you know you know 15 and 20 years ago were the tv comics of their day you know and i think there's a lot of people who have crossover like i wouldn't call myself a tv comic i think i've done maybe eight different galas or specials i've done it but i think in canada you just have to do everything what i find more interesting is what's a comic because i feel like okay yeah anybody can get up there and be humorous but like the, the the thing I always say is I don't see any circuit or club comics struggling in theaters or really on TV for that matter, but you don't necessarily see it the other way around all the time. Mm, I see mm. a lot of people who are like kind of pushed to the forefront, but they can't even hold it down in a club for 12 minutes, you know? Is that to me that's like and that's the other thing too, like when you go to the States, the club doesn't have like this, like they kind of, hear people here kind of see the club as lower work. But I mean, when I was in New York, you go to the clubs and like Gina went on after Ray Romano, Judd Apatow is bouncing around and doing sets. You know what I mean? Like you run into, you know, t Louis CK, all kinds of, you know, famous television comedians. And there was always like a badge of honor being able to, like, I feel like, I, I think like in the States, it's like you, ha you have to be able to do that before you can say you're a comic. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily the case here. Yeah, that's probably true. I do think there are some comedians that, I mean, who have come off the circuit and they've gone to Edinburgh and they've done an hour show and it hasn't worked because an hour has been too much for some of them. I mean, there's a lot of people that I would rather watch for 20 minutes than an hour anyway. There's, there's no, there's nothing wrong with, with, perfecting the art of 20 minutes as far as I'm concerned there are club comedians who I would much rather see perhaps than than the sort of hour-long full show comedians but there's definitely been instances in the past where people have been very curious about Edinburgh obviously especially as it became the juggernaut that it, it did and they wanted to do their hour show and it's just not it's just not their their medium and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing <laughs> Really? Do you mean like an hour show from newer acts like Breaking Through on TV, or do you mean like an hour? Because everyone. No, I'm talking about the reverse scenario. I think to what Dana was outlining, which is that, you know, there are there are um, long form comics, if you like, that are newer comics that have struggled in a club. Oh, yeah. I have well, to disagree with that uh, for a couple of reasons. I feel like the hour model is bred out of Edinburgh, and I think Edinburgh is, really. Yeah 
I think Edinburgh really cuts out the working class comics. It's not necessarily that they can't do an hour that they're that's not for them. It's just that they don't have, you know, an, a four or five grand. Well, I didn't say what I didn't say and, what class they were. I just said that they've been more no, used no, to that, doing that's not my, club shows. I don't. But. I don't think I. But you see my point, like. Yeah. The, the kind of comic that can actually there's a, there's a bunch of people being excluded from that system and I don't think it's because they can't do that hour I think it's I think it's a financial thing but I well, think no, but, also well, okay. I see Judge Julian's point which is um I think like you're saying people who have got a you know who good great uh, club uh, comics who then think they should do an hour show because you know they've done the clubs and they want to mm. now do an hour show is that what you're saying that they don't yeah, basically and i kind of agree yeah. with that actually that that they're fantastic so the reverse is true that fantastic club comics don't necessarily know this sort of the hour format which is almost theater actually um mm. in, in edinburgh it's almost Definitely. become like you know you've got to have the arc and everything else and if you are and there's certain comics that wouldn't necessarily you know especially if you if it's a strong sort of gag writer you can, an, an hour of gags is non-stop gags is quite you know, they, you need a story. And I know both of you are both like kind of quite satirical and, and, and um, you know, David, especially, I've just got to tell you how amazing a routine is that you do. <laughs> on, Thank you. On the, it's one of the cleverest, you know, things I've heard. And uh, I, yeah, also, I also think David works really good at a 20 minute act. And I think he works really good as an hour. An hour, yeah. And so, similarly yeah. for you, but what I'm saying, what Julian said, there are certain acts and that is, sure. that, is yeah, you know, that you can enough. see for an that's hour. And it's not, it's, it's, it's like, oh, okay, because, you know, you are amazing on the 20, 30 minutes circuit, bam, bam, bam. But the hour show is, it's a different beast. And I remember even a friend of mine saying to me, oh, I've now got, to, I've now done the hour show, which is a different beast in Edinburgh. I now have to go back and get myself psyched up to do the, she said, she wanted to get back into the club circuit because there is a different, they're two right. different, they're very different beasts, yeah. um, you know, club to yeah. an hour. Uh, but, but we what, could have this conversation for ever yeah wouldn't you say there's more than two beasts though do you know what i mean oh there's, there's more than two beasts there's absolutely. a tv yeah. beast oh, yeah, there's definitely. a radio beast <laughs> yes there well, is and there's also a, a social media beast a tiktok absolutely beast, yes. yeah, and exactly. a lot of these people who are catapulted to prominence these days come out of tiktok and instagram and they can work on tv because they can edit edit it in a way much like Instagram or TikTok, that it works. But as Dana says, put them in a even a 10-minute spot in a club or an hour somewhere, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And I just think that um, there's a lot of status put on TV comics, mm -hmm. people who, who can do well in that environment. And someone like Jeff Innocent, who's been delivering at what he does really well, doesn't get the exposure on TV or anywhere really, just on the club circuit, which you can be very successful on the club circuit and mostly no one's heard of you. And I, and think, I think this is a nice, a nice corrective to see Jeff Innocent get a little bit of heat, a little bit of buzz after delivering for so many years so successfully. And I think he'd work well on television. I, uh, he'd be he brilliant on one of the panel yeah, shots. Yeah, banger. I think, he, I think he'd do yeah. a great television spot. No, no problems. And there's no reason that from this, he should, they, should, they should be looking at him now. They should say, now's the moment to bring a Jeff Innocent onto a panel show. You know? Uh, okay. Because he's also not 25. He's not even 45. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, he's, 
you know, he's got to be pushing 60 if he's not 60 already. I mean, so I've never heard. I, I like the way you've done that because that sounds like a sort of brilliant advertising. He's not 25. He's not 45. He's 65. Please welcome. Yeah. Um, Martin, Martin, our, our uh, fan here agrees with you and says he should be on TV. Is that right? Yeah, Jeff Rayson Richard uh, yeah, should be well, on well, TV. Well, <laughs> all for the veterans I'm all for the veterans uh, comedians and actually as a, as a promoter it's a very frustrating position to be in because that you know the audience are demanding TV uh, names yes and you think come on when you've run a club for so long surely have some faith in the promoter that they're going to book you know acts that you're going to love um, and it's not necessarily the TV names that are going to have to you know be the reason why you come out of you know the house I I think also too the one thing that we we haven't really spoken about is the fact that the two biggest comedy agents are also television producers, so it's a yeah. little bit of a closed shop. Yes, yes. Oh well, we could we could <laughs> right now we'll have another podcast on that one, I think. Um, right, so David, you uh, I just want to squeeze one more in, and uh, this is actually one of your own tweets. Um, so if you want to kind of read this out, and let's tuck into this one. Yeah, this one's been really interesting to me. So I tweeted this and I said, am I the only one that thinks it's ridiculous the Venus and Serena Williams movie is named after their dad? It's called King Richard, by the way. Who was asking for a movie about him? They're the inspirational champions. So this is about this movie that was um, produced by Venus and Serena Williams, but also produced by Will Smith and it stars Will Smith. It's called King Richard. And I remember when I saw the trailer a few months ago, actually, King Richard with Will Smith. And I had had in my mind, because I wasn't clear, I thought King Richard was, he was doing Shakespeare. I thought it was a Shakespeare thing. Mm. So then I clicked on it or something. It, already it didn't look right because I, I think I was thinking of um, uh, Macbeth, which is coming out with uh, Denzel Washington, which I already knew, but somehow I didn't also know exactly what that was. Anyway, so I thought, wait a minute, is this what I was thinking, King Richard? What is this? And then I watched it and I, I watched the trailer and it was it's actually about the father of Venus and Serena Williams. And I thought to myself, well, why, why is the movie, the big Hollywood movie about Venus and Serena Williams, why is it foregrounding the father? And why isn't it called Superstars, the Venus and Serena Williams story? You know what I mean? So I, I, I immediately went to this kind of, there's a sexism thing going on here. And also Will Smith to me, who I, I have affection for, for mm -hmm. like the Independence Day moment and the early years. But he also, something about him, now he's got a book out at the moment. It feels very kind of vanity project in my mind, right? So I put that out and a bunch of people agreed. But then I got a lot of other tweets that said, why are you attacking this black actor this is oh. Venus and Serena are um, the producers. Their producers. Mm. The, it's their story. They get to say what their story is. If they're okay with it, why aren't you okay with it? This is white supremacy in action. All this stuff. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. I've, you know, I touched a nerve here that I was not expecting to because I was saying something about that I thought I saw saw sexism in action. And they were saying, you know, I'm I'm speaking out of turn or or you know I got it wrong. So anyway, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this because you know this is obviously charged. 
Well, I think what's really interesting is I think there's, I might've looked at it as a misogynoir thing as well. And anybody, there's been so many stories of female led um, black movies that have been put on limited release. We can talk about Diary of a Mad Black Women, Woman. We can talk about Dream Girls. But there, you know, there's this perception in Hollywood that you can't sell a movie with a black female lead. And oh, interesting. Yes. There's also um, who was what was the other one with what's her name? Where they were all the Na- the NASA mathematicians. They did the same thing with that movie. They put it on a limited release because they just yes. didn't think. Something mines, something mines. Yes. yes, and they thought these black women, and of, and then the funny thing is, time after time, it proved that no, this isn't true. These movies were, you know, smash hits. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's. I I would have to say, you know, it's, it's their story to tell, so they can tell it in any way they want. But I mean, to me, I just think the studios have never really celebrated the black female lead or when when there is a black female-led project that's often underestimated and on limited release and that's also reality Mm, Uh, mm, i mean mm. isn't he he's pretty fascinating character though i mean he's incredibly like incredibly driven apparently he had this two years before that they were born he already had this plan mapped out there'd be no particular history of tennis in his life, I don't think. They, they were going through this on Graham Norton the other night because Will Smith was a guest. And uh, Will Smith comes to Norton to the Graham Norton show quite a lot, actually. And his appearances are always uh, really good fun. But, um, and, and he said that, you know, Venus and Restrain had obviously gone to the premiere and that they were sort of, you know, really tearful about it and they, you know, enjoy it, uh, enjoyed it. I didn't know they were on the, um, the, the, the thing as producers, but obviously that makes complete sense. Um, in a way, because the the characters are not um, Richard the father is not a character who is on the tennis court. So where where Venice and Serena did their speaking was on the court, and obviously you know Richard was driving everything else. So it does kind of make him this sort of mogul character, and it does give him a bit more. It gives him a bit more dimension because when you see movies about tennis players. They are, they're not, it's not an easy balance to strike. I mean, the Borg McEnroe thing, which is very, about a very specific match, was, was kind of great to watch. But you never get, you never get the whole picture. It's, it's, mm. just, it's kind of difficult, really. Um, I'm just trying to think of other sort of sport equivalent movies. I'm trying to think of it any. Seems like, it seems like that would be a second movie you would do after there was a movie about the actual girls, mm. personally. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of agree with you, Jenna. And uh, David, going back to your tweet, it's I, I did see it as misogyny. My son said to me, go and watch, you know, Richard, King Richard. And like you, thought it was some Shakespearean respirator. Oh, you've gone, Sajila, or I've gone. Can it? Sajila? I can hear. Oh, you can hear. I can your volume. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I can't hear. Can you hear uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for a second there. Kind of. Yeah, you can hear. Can you yeah, hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> she's gone again. Oh, she's gone she's again. She's uh, in and out. Gone again. <laughs> uh, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, can yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. You. Sorry about that. I think it's on that. So did, you, did you think it was Shakespeare or did you think it was about Richard Richard the Third? Uh, well, so, you know. 
you know, like footage of yeah. him being unearthed under the car park or something. But yeah. <laughs> no. St- oh no. Oh, it's okay. It was it was all going so well technically. After getting Dana oh. back, I thought that that was this was a cinch. Um, oh. Yeah. Can, I don't know. Hello. And now you're. Fr- <laughs> She's frozen. I think. Okay, she's going to log in and out again, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mike, can you hear me? We can hear oh, you. Yes. Oh, we okay. can hear you, but can't see you. Oh, this is something. Something's, uh, something's lost. Oh, now you're back. Now yeah, you're back. Right. So I was going to say, um, I think it's gone to the other camera. That's why it's the camera's gone. Well, it's a um, technical setup in your place. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I if I knew that it was a I would totally... Uh, I can't really hear you. Um, yeah, it's your audio. Okay. I, 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 there's a short, I think, in your yeah. mic. Something's, something's not working. I tell you what, why don't we do the bit where we would do the end of the show anyway, whilst she's working that out. What are you guys up to in the, in the near future? Where can we see you live? What other projects... Projects have you got on the go? David, you go first. You've taken a deep breath. Oh, in gosh. I mean, they are, are just so many. Well, let me let me choose. Um, let's see. <laughs> I hope to be lying in tomorrow morning. <laughs> I, I guess the best way to see where I'm gigging is on Instagram. I post uh, my upcoming gigs on Instagram. Uh, I have a, oh, I'm glad you, that reminds me. I have a weekly e-newsletter you can sign up to if you are, you know, want a little bit more of me uh, commenting on the world, and that's called Quality Time. And if you go to my Twitter, you can link to my Quality Time newsletter. Um, I post my upcoming gigs on Twitter and Instagram, and that's the best way to find me. Perfect. And you're at David Mills Department. Is it Department or Deputy? That's right. It's Department. No, there's department. no, depu- David no, there's department. no Deputy David Mills. There's not two of you, are there? It's not Deputy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Dana. Uh, yeah, I'm busy as as always, just gigging and gigging. I'll be at all of the glees this uh, this uh, month. I think I, I think it's Nottingham, Birmingham, Cardiff, and then Cardiff for the new year. And what else do I have going on? Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, but you know what? I've actually taken a little bit. I'm just cooking and just cooking and writing and just living my comedy life for now. Not going Brilliant. to Switzerland, obviously, but yeah. No Switzerland. No Switzerland, yeah. No Switzerland. Well, no Switzerland. <laughs> uh, I'm back. Brilliant. Yeah, well done, you're back. Yeah, Fantastic I'm back. Sorry stuff. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's a typical, typical Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, I, I would have watched this. I thought it was sexist, not uh, race-based, David, just to answer your question of what we thought about it. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, you've been a brilliant guess. Honestly, really good yeah, value. Very Thank meaty you so much. Yeah, really I'm good. I'm so stuff. glad. Yeah, r- brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, so um, obviously uh, David and Dana have just uh, filled in with what they're doing. Uh, in terms of what we're doing next is, uh, what date is it next? It's the 5th, isn't it? Sunday the 5th of December, and we will have Caroline Maybe and Steve Day with us. So we'll be putting out information about that fairly soon. We'll be doing clips from this show uh, and the show will be available to watch again on YouTube, Facebook. I'm not sure if it's available on Twitch, but go to YouTube and subscribe. And um, so I think that's it. Uh, you've got the Twitter handles for Dana and David to, 
to follow them and all that remains to be seen is for us to wave goodbye to our streamers in unison and say thanks for watching bye. thanks bye. for watching guys thanks so bye. much thanks, guys. <laughs> bye we hope you enjoyed listening to the show please do check out the other podcasts in the series if you go to our website www.letskilltwitter.com you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.